Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Jen. It's a, a beautiful Saturday morning here on Guam, where America's Day begins. That's right. So there you have it, folks. That's where we are. I know that everyone has been waiting in anticipation mm-hmm. with bated breath. Yes, wondering where in the world are we? Well, well, now you know. Now you know. We were going to actually save it. I thought it would be a fun game somewhere down the line for people who don't know us. Right. To try and guess where we are on this earth because we never say. But there's been some recent news that we are a little (laughs) perturbed by. Listen, we just want... (laughs) Well, and also that news comes from Georgia, my kind of home state. I mean, I've lived almost all my life there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so disheartening to yet again hear in the news that some senator, congressman, whatever from Georgia is like, well, if you put too many people on the the island, it's going to capsize, it's going to flip over. Yeah, the one that was talking about infrastructure. So what's his name again, Jen? His name is Hank Johnson, Representative Hank Johnson. And he (sighs) said that if we, there was too much infrastructure, people on Guam, that it would capsize. Right, right, right. Like it would just tip over. Right. Because that's how islands are, right? It's just like a flat piece of land. It's just barely teetering. It's like a ship. It's like the door that, you know, Rose was laying on on the Titanic. (laughs) Right. And that's, you know, that's why (laughs) Leo couldn't get on there was, uh, you know, sorry, Jack. Yeah, you're going to capsize us. Yeah, that's essentially how Guam works. So then we have another (laughs) Congress woman coming in from from Georgia, from from Georgia, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Get it together. Who said and this is I'm quoting here. We believe our hard earned tax. Should I say it like her? We believe our hard earned tax dollars. (laughs) (laughs) I won't do it. Don't do it that way. Okay. (laughs) We believe our hard earned tax dollars should just go for America, not for what? China? Russia, the Middle East, Guam, whatever, whatever. There's, a, it's like okay, There's it's so like many. we we don't want to talk politics too much here. We definitely we want to focus on social issues. We want to talk about the environment in that respect. Yeah, um, but we are not talking politics. I but hope we are yeah. defending this island we live on. <laughs> yes, and I hope that my conservative family and friends back in the mainland mm-hmm. hear that and go that lady obviously didn't she's take cuckoo. history or didn't you know she's yes. a little i mean she's a little off anyway but just for everybody's information guam and you can just google this guam has been part of the united states for 122 years it's it's called colonialism all right <laughs> <But> <laughs> i mean <laughs> the people here are american citizens please write your congress person and let them know if they don't know if they're not sure yeah also could you write them and just say like hey people in guam should be able to vote in now federal elections because guam's not a state right so therefore they're not able to vote but yet they're american citizens Mm -hmm. and should have a right to vote they should anyway so we wanted to just throw that out there we're in guam we're in guam and it is part of the United States. Mm-hmm. There are American citizens here. And it's also an amazingly beautiful island it with is. wonderful people 
We love it here. It is very warm. It's always summer here. (laughs) It's like hot summer and wet summer. We're also a day ahead of everybody. Right. So right now you guys are ending your Friday. Mm -hmm. You're going out to the bars. Not really because COVID, but they might be going to the bars depending on where they live. This is true. Texas. So, (laughs) so yeah. And you know, and so we're, we're a day ahead. So we already know what happened yesterday. So there you go. It's already over. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. we promise not to talk politics. Try not to. But we yeah. have to We have to defend our beautiful island that we're allowed to live on. And just so you know, in case you've read about Guam in like the newspaper or do people even read newspapers anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. That was that was a throwback. <sighs> Jesus. If you hear about Guam, I feel like all people ever hear about is there are a lot of military bases here and that it's like a, a concrete island and there's snakes everywhere, you know, because a brown tree snake is invasive mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it's actually, that is, I feel like, very far from the truth i mean mm-hmm. there's truth to it but right. the island is is beautiful beautiful beaches they're not crowded there's a lot to see here i would suggest once people can travel come yeah. on over to guam check come it on. out i wanted to bring up the fact that we had a listener mention that we <laughs> sounded like the delicious dish from snl where with molly shannon and uh, Anna Gasteyer. That's right. Um, good times, Jen. Good times. Good times. <laughs> so it's funny because when we started out, we kind of said, we kind of compared, yes. we made some jokes and compared ourselves, you know, yeah. to to each other right. on here. But we talked about it and thought it was hilarious. And then um, one of our listeners brought it up. I don't think we do sound like them, really. Well, no. But we do say good times. And I think probably that's where I picked up the phrase good times. Yeah. Because it's been kind of a staple in my, you know, you have like, the book of language for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And ours is a little bit outdated. So it's okay. We're not so cool. <laughs> but so I pulled up that episode, the Sweaty Balls episode, and it's so funny. I haven't it, seen it in a long time. It really keeps up. I yeah. mean, it's still hilarious. It's still funny. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And, I, you know, I have to say, even though Alec Baldwin has had some, like, bad press personally, you know, like with his ex-wives and his kid and all that stuff, he is a very funny man. Oh, he's hilarious. Like, I don't know how he kept a straight face. I, I don't know how, how any of them, them, yeah, kept a straight face. It was, yeah. it was so good. Anything in the news, Megan? Well, Jen, there isn't like too much in the news, but I did want to share a little story with our listeners. Really? You kind of already know about because I immediately messaged you after it happened. So let me just let me just preface this with we've been in a pandemic for a year. We've been I don't know what day is what day. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, which Uh, they used to make a lot of jokes about it in the beginning. But literally, I think (laughs) even the memes and the jokes are just we're just there's a blur and we're just past it. We're at the point of just kind of like, okay. Saturday night last weekend, I pulled out my phone, looked at, you know, what was coming up the next day and it was Easter. And I was like, holy shit. It's Easter already. Oh, my God. So it's like 730 at night. I remember this now. (laughs) The store that's like closest to my house Mm -hmm. is going to close at eight. So I like friggin throw in a bra because pandemic. Who wears a bra? Anyway. Right. Get on my bra. You didn't change the sweatpants, though. Oh, no. Not at all. Yeah, I kept this on. And then I get in the car. I like hightail it. I like run through the store because they're. Cl- I don't want to be that person who's there, you know, like the last minute. Right. Like, when they're making the announcement, but it's just directed at you. Right. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm like, let me get all this candy, you know, right. to like make the basket. And so I get home, you know, and put my kid to bed and then 
I go in and I make the basket and it's freaking kick-ass, all right? I love even, making Easter baskets. Yes. Even he was like saying to me that he didn't have any more tracing paper because he loves to draw. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten him these like special charcoal pencils to put in his basket with a big thing of paper. Nice. Good job, mom. I know. He loves that shit. So I put everything in the basket and then I get up in the morning and I'm su- super excited. I like write in his card. You know, like sign the card, like happy Easter, my God, you know, and, and I like put it on his little where he's going to come out to eat breakfast, you know, and I put it there with a little card and everything. And I'm just like waiting. All the doors are open. I play music because I'm like wanting him to get up. It's like it's like Christmas morning. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so he I hear him stir, you know, and he's like walking down the hallway and he's got groggy face and he's like, wait, wait, mom. It's Easter already? And I was like, I know it is. Yay. <laughs> I made him pancakes with freaking Reese's Pieces in it. Oh, God. Man, you went all out. I went all out. Okay. Yeah. Easter is the morning where I let him eat just a ton of candy. He's eating all this candy. I'm like, well, so weird. No one has said anything about Easter. Like, what is wrong? Like, is it the pandemic? Like, yeah. like no one cares? No or? one cares? Like, what's going on? Like, usually someone who's like more religious than me will be like, you know, he is risen, like all the stuff for right. Easter. And you're like, oh, yay, whatever. Right. Then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Is it Easter? I started like question myself, like, what the fuck? Is it Easter? And I type in Google Easter 2021. And it's like April. Wow. That is. um, Yeah, I did that. I did it. And blame the pandemic. Well, 100% I'm blaming the pandemic. And then I say to my son, like, hey, holy shit. But you didn't say holy shit. I might have. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, it's actually not Easter today. (laughs) And he was laughing because he was like, yeah, mom, usually they say something at school about it being Easter, you know, or like some, you know. Like he knew, probably he knew all along, but he's like, I'm not going to let this moment slip by. I'm getting all this candy. I got some Reese's pancakes. Like this day is glorious. Yeah. And And he was like, wait, does that mean I get two baskets? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we just already celebrated Easter. We were just early. Right. So just let Easter roll by. Yeah. And then I start kind of like remembering all the things that I did Mm -hmm. the day before. And even that morning, I had gotten up super early to go walk to get some energy like out because I was so excited. Uh, And I realized... So maybe this was like you were more excited. So you made Easter early. I just made it Because you just needed a holiday to eat candy. (laughs) Right? Well, not even though you didn't didn't eat candy. But but. yeah. But yeah, even I remember walking around the neighborhood and being like, why doesn't anyone have eggs hanging from their tree like usual? Your poor brain. Anyway. sorry. So that's the news. I'm sorry for the, <laughs> you know, disappointment, but it sounds like you had fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. My son was like, uh, did you hide eggs in the yard? And I was like, oh, no. I mean, I don't I don't do that. That's no. A, but you're, I'm like, you're not five anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go outside and do that. It's hot. So happy Easter, everyone. I hope your Easter was great. <laughs> happy pre-Easter. Happy pre-Easter. It was great. March yeah. Easter. Yeah, my dad thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I wrote him, I was like, hey. I thought it was hilarious when you told you me that day. I was like, listen to this. So I think I was with some of my friends. Yeah. Uh, one of my paddling, paddling friends. And we were rigging one of the canoes. And I was like, you guys check this out. My friend just did this. And they're like, ah, ha, ha. Because everybody has mom brain. And even if they don't, they have pandemic brain. Everybody, uh, you know, at on some level is experiencing pandemic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure it's stressing a lot of people out, especially you know, moms who are at home with their kids or trying to work from home yeah. with their kids. <laughs> Such <laughs> as myself. And, you know, it, it does, it wears on you. So even if you don't have kids, this thing is just draining, you yeah. know, it's hard. 
you know, everybody just hang in there. The vaccinations, they're rolling out. They're rolling out. You know, we're going to get through this. Honestly, I feel like some good things have come out of it, you yeah. know, as, such as teleworking. I think it should have been done a long time ago. It's kind of pushed, you know, forced the issue and realized that, you know, people can still be productive working from home and it's less cost. It's less stress. Employers, supervisors, whoever have learned how to support their staff in a way that they can um, have like a mental health day. Yes. Find creative ways to get their work done mm-hmm. or communicate or whatever. And I think it's kind of in the work. Now, I mean, I was reading an article that there's something like 800,000 women have quit the workforce. Oh, yeah. Which is insane. And I know that that's stressful for a lot of people, but hopefully for those who stay, we're able to stay in the workforce Mm -hmm. um, and those who go back to it, there will be, I think things will be different. And I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah. You know, especially for... Anybody who either has kids or has something, they take care of somebody or they have some reason that they they really work better from home or need to work from home from time mm-hmm. to time. It's going to be it's going to be huge. If you have an anxious dog who hates when you leave. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, hang in there, everybody. We got this. Yeah. And if you want to celebrate holidays uh, whenever, just freaking do it. You yeah. Know, this, this, hey, it worked. I and still, it was fun. I still have my giant Jack Skellington from Halloween standing in my living <laughs> room. It's, it's true. the truth. And I he, I kept him up for Christmas. Yeah. Because you just why? A, I just put a freaking Christmas hat, some lights on him that it still applies. He is almost as tall as her ceiling. Yeah. He's huge. He's huge. My and- mom. It's maybe one of the best gifts my mother has ever gotten me in my life. He is like a life-sized, like how Jack Skellington would be if he were a person. And he talks. And he talks. And moves. And he moves. And I love him. Everyone's used to him now, so. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and your son loves it, so. Oh, he does, yeah. There isn't any other business yes. or news, then maybe I'll get started on my story. I am excited to hear about your story this morning. I am going to talk about Mm -hmm. my story Mm -hmm. real quick. I was working on my BS, my Bachelor's of Science at Oklahoma State University. Yes, yes, yes. This is in the the late 90s. All right. Somewhere around that time. And I don't remember exactly what year it was, 98 or 99, something like that. Cool. Jane Goodall came to our school to speak. What? And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Of course I went. It was like at night. It was in this big auditorium. Quite a few people there. So I got my book in the shadow of man and I went there and I watched. I probably cried a few times. <laughs> She's just so amazing. Like she is an amazing woman. Does she have a connection to Oklahoma? I really don't know. She might have just been going around the, the states to different universities. And because Oklahoma State has a veterinary school, All right. Um, I feel like she did or somebody from Oklahoma State worked with her institution, but I don't really, I don't know. But she gave this amazing talk. I can't tell exactly what it was because that was... You were verklempt. I was the in the... Thing. But yeah, it was way <laughs> back in the 1900s, but I was super verklempt. I was just in awe. I was inspired. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, we all, you know, everybody lined up to get her signature. So I had my book. And this is before cell phones. Mm -hmm. Like there were no selfies happening. Mm -mm. This was just, this is just in my head. Kind of embarrassing. And then we're going to put a picture of what she wrote in my book. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Because I got there and she's just like, oh, hi. And she took my book and I was like, you know, I just really want to like do something really important for conservation someday i just really want to make a difference and she looked at me and she's like okay and she wrote you can do it 
Oh my god. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, I I have to say, and I know I'm not alone in this. College was difficult. Mm-hmm. I really, really struggled, and mm-hmm. most, you know, I know everybody has their own situation. My personal journey through college was I started late because I was um, on my own Mm -hmm. and I didn't have money Mm -hmm. to go to school and I didn't even know about student loans. Right. So I hung out in Seattle and worked at a video (laughs) store for a few years. And then one of my friends was like, why don't you go to school full time? I was taking classes. Yeah. I said, well, I can't afford it. And they said, well, you can get student loans. It's like a blessing and a curse, right? right? Because I'm still sitting on the student loans. But I was able to go to school and I did it. And I paid, I worked like three jobs. I was a biology major, Mm -hmm. all ecology major. And in the end, it happened, but it was tough. It was really, really tough to keep up with classes because all the kids who didn't work had all this time to study for genetics and these really difficult classes. Yeah. Whereas I was just trying to squeeze it in when I could. And it was it was really hard. So I was emotional because at that time, I felt like I'll never get there. Right. I'll never get through this. And I think you go through that a lot. And it was why so many people drop out of college. You just feel like this is never ending. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to reach my goal. How am I going to, you know? And I can tell you that one of my motivating things was Peace Corps because I really wanted to go into the Peace Corps. Right. And I, I didn't know how I would connect doing something for conservation going to the Peace Corps, I just thought somehow it'll all magically come together someday. And it did. And it did. Because when you believe it and you see it, it will happen no matter what the struggle is. Right. When Jane Goodall writes, you can do it. You got to freaking do it. Then you have to freaking do it. Yeah, you do it. And just for all the, any listeners out there who are putting putting themselves through college Mm -hmm. alone, maybe you don't have parental help or anybody helping you. It's, I realize how hard it is, but you can. You can do it. Because Jane Goodall says, and I did. <laughs> and Yay. we're going to post that picture. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, she, you know, talked a lot about her work with chimpanzees and mm-hmm. conservation of chimpanzees. And that's really, you know, inspiring and, and inspires a lot of primatologists out there. Mm-hmm. I kind of looked into it as far as that would be cool to work with primates. Sure. But also a little scary. So... You know, actually, I met a primatologist once on St. Catherine's Island off the coast of Georgia. Mm-hmm. There's like a they have like an area where they they rehabilitate um, animals and right. they have so many lemurs, ringtail lemurs. It's crazy. And this woman who was working with them, she was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Most people who are, I would say a lot of people who mm-hmm. are who are super into a species, they're always a little quirky. quirky. Yeah. Yeah. And usually in a good way. Especially people who work in zoo, you know, zoos to conserve a species or yes. sanctuaries or researchers, mm-hmm. because they really have a good understanding of that, that animal needs to be in the wild and needs to have, if they are in captivity, they need to have as much of a natural and wild experience as possible right. in order to thrive. Agreed. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Oh, excellent. Um, the reason I brought up my experience with Jane Goodall, because it was so amazing in my life Mm -hmm. but i'm also going to talk about chimpanzees oh really jen i am (laughs) i'm like giggly excited right so (laughs) as we go through the story megan knows that this is 
kind of the story that um, made me want to start a podcast. It's true. Just so I could talk My about it. My eyes are tearing up a little yes. bit. <laughs> but I didn't want to do it in the first episode. I wanted to right. wait. So I said, let's wait till we're like 10 episodes in and then I'll... Until we have like a million followers. And then... Yeah, because we have Perfect. so many. We're huge. <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I'm going to talk about chimpanzees in general and their biology. The common chimpanzee, um, the scientific name is pantroglodytes. The great, so there's four of the great apes. There's chimpanzees, bonobos, Mm -hmm. gorillas, and orangutans. The bonobo is the closest to the chimpanzee, but they're also called pygmy chimpanzees. They're endangered, and they, between them and the common chimpanzee, make up the the genus pan. Of course, chimpanzees are endangered. It's recognized by IUCN and the Endangered Species Act. There are somewhere between 172,000 and 300,000 chimpanzees remaining in the wild. Compared to at the turn of the century, there was over a million. Right. Yeah. So wild chimpanzees only live in Africa. From the west coast of the continent, as far east as western Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, and Tanzania. They live in um, rainforests, and that area is also called the equatorial forest belt. Cool. In order to thrive... They actually, they have to have a water supply. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. And many kinds of fruits. But they can adapt to all different kinds of foods, kind of like humans. They have more of a palate for more food. So it makes them, um, they can live in more areas. Okay. They they can get a larger range because they can pretty much eat whatever. Mm -hmm. They can eat, yeah, fruits, nuts, this is what they eat in the wild, leaves, blossoms. They can eat um, medium-sized animals. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're they're omnivores, right? So they're meat eating, and they eat they eat all the things vegetables. Yeah, they write it eat. down in your notebook. I know you guys are keeping notes on all the things we're teaching you. Yes, you're learning a lot right now. So just hang on. So the males, of course, are slightly heavier, bigger than the females. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they weigh anywhere from 90 to up to 150 pounds, and the females can go up to like 115 pounds. Females are about four feet high. Males are about five feet high. In captivity, they can be a little bit larger because they have a better diet. Right. Um, and also in captivity, they can live longer, up to 60 years. In the wild, they would live about 50 years. Okay. They walk quadrupedally. All fours. All fours. They're knuckle walkers. So which is why their their arms are uh, much longer than their legs. But they can also walk for up to a mile on two feet. Oh, cool. The long arms also, you know, help them swing around from branches because they do stay in the trees and, you know, mm-hmm. sleep in the trees for safety. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of their behavior. They right. share 95 to 98% of the same DNA as humans, homo sapiens. Biologically, there are more. we are more closely related to chimpanzees than chimpanzees are to gorillas. So they're closer to us than they are to gorillas. They use uh, more tools for more purposes than any other creature besides humans. And what's interesting is that all these different communities of chimpanzees across that forest belt in that area, you know, in Africa, in mm-hmm. the African countries, they have different cultures. They even have different slight changes in how they call. And they, some of them have different ways to use tools. So one community mm. may have some tool use of, yeah, pounding something with a rock or using a stick for something. Whereas in another area, and I think that's just based on what food they have available, mm-hmm. you know, and how they adapt to 
what they're what getting their is. food and what right. yeah pr- creating tools for those uses i mean not surprising we all know a lot about chimpanzees right. yeah. so it's not surprising but just super interesting because we don't really think about them in the wild as much yeah you think about them at the zoo or yeah yeah on commercials we'll get there oh my god okay <laughs> during the first year of their life The baby chimpanzees are in constant contact with their mothers. They're very much like human babies. Mm -hmm. When they're about two years old, they're little toddlers. They'll venture off away from their mom, but not far. They wean their infant babies when they're Mm -hmm. about four to six years old. And they say that when the mothers sleep, they constantly have a hand on the baby at all times. They become independent when they're about six to nine years old Mm -hmm. and they have lifelong bonds with their mothers and it's interesting because their mother's status kind of equals their status so if the mother has a higher status their son or daughter will also have a higher status in their like Mm -hmm. in their their community community right right female uh, young adolescent chimpanzees will usually move to other communities oh whereas the males will always stay in their maternal community Interesting. I was going to say earlier, they also, if the mother dies, the orphaned baby usually would not survive. But typically, older siblings will adopt the baby. So the brothers and sisters. Yeah. They'll adopt them and try to raise them. Are there ever instances where there are like other female chimpanzees who are not directly related? No, I don't believe they do that. No, it really stays in the family Don't know if I wrote that down, but I don't think I have it here. So chimpanzees laugh when they play. They communicate much like humans. They kiss, embrace, pat on the back, touch hands, and tickle. But the kissing isn't like what we think it is. It's usually a form of um, reconciliation. Oh. So, and it's also more common among males than females. So it's not, there's no romance there. It's mostly just to be like hey we're good 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 <laughs> and they said that the and they say that the bonobos uh-huh. they use a lot more tongue <laughs> and they're more into kissing dirty i know that's interesting it's like <laughs> i'm just thinking about how <laughs> if kissing were like reframed on like a human level <laughs> <laughs> and men were just like i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that would I, be amazing. I, I think that would really help the toxic toxic uh, masculinity issues that we have. <laughs> like let's just let's just go ahead and change that up. <laughs> I know. That would that would change a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. That is interesting. As far as teaching them any kind of language, um, there was a study on a chimpanzee named uh Washo, I think. Okay. W A S H O E. And it was in the nineteen sixties. And this couple, Alan and Beatrix Gardner, spent a couple of years trying to teach her sign language, American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. And they said um, over time, she was able to learn 350 signs. Oh, wow. And the interesting thing was she was also teaching it to her other members of her family, what? teaching them sign language. She's like, hey, listen, this is the word. For, this is the uh, sign for cookie. Yes. <laughs> She's like, you guys are going to want this. <laughs> male chimpanzees show their displays of power their hair actually stands up and that happens also when they're scared so that they look bigger and scarier and they stamp their feet and like fly around all acting all crazy and it sounds intimidating Mm -hmm. intimidating as hell man yeah if there were like a five foot 150 pound kid 
running yeah. around my house screaming and throwing things, I think I would just be like, I'm just going to leave. I'll be back <laughs> in a while. Don't burn anything down. Yeah, it's super scary sounding. And I think we've all seen it in videos or if you've watched mm-hmm. any nature shows show that behavior. But I'm not going to go into there. There's so much information and so many studies about their social structure. But what I did find, uh, one thing I found that was kind of interesting, it's they say it's called a fusion fusion society. And they said examples, if you think of um, college students that are on a campus and during the day they go to their classes and hang out with different friends and have their cliques and do their thing. But Mm -hmm. at night, everybody gathers back at the house and sleeps together in one area. Oh, so they kind of like they venture out during the day. Yeah. And they do their own thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. they have friend groups like cliques or maybe the women all stay, yeah. you know, or the females will stay together and the males may go in groups to go hunting. There is um, a lot of conflict between communities um, on the edges. Okay. So there could be uh, like if you a male were to go into another community mm-hmm. by accident because they're super territorial, then there would be some, some fighting. fighting. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So the females, which are they're more docile, they're more mellow. Well, of yeah, course. No. Exactly. (laughs) So they tend to, and they're there to, you know, take care of the babies. So they'll tend to stay more on the inner part of the group and just forage around. But they also have massive amounts of sex. And I know we've also heard (laughs) that. So the females will actually have sex with all the males, especially like the young males, Mm -hmm. so that none of them will know which offspring is his. Because a lot of times male chimpanzees might kill an offspring to... Like eliminate a threat. To eliminate, like a- not just to eliminate that baby so they can breed with that female because oh. it takes so long for them to raise. To nurse and yeah. Yeah. So when the female, her strategy is like, well, I'm just going to sleep with all you. And you don't know who the father is. Yeah. And so they just, she's getting on with everybody and she's and- like, there. Until Maury Povich shows up. And does a DNA test. It's all over then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because Maury Povich comes up in this oh my God, story later. But um, so way, way to foreshadow. I didn't even know. So there's also, you know, the male, it's a male dominated society. There's always an alpha male. So sometimes they'll fight over that position. Mm-hmm. But some males knowing that they're like, look, I'm never going to be an alpha male because, you know, I'm sensitive. Like I like to just... Write yeah. poetry and hang out in this tree and, you know, there's be no, friends. There's no shame in being a beta. Yeah, exactly. But they'll get by on their smarts. Nice. So, and it, the females don't always go for the male. Uh, sorry, the alpha male. So right. a lot of times they're like, they just want to mate with the best father. Right. They want to find the smartest or best guy at that's going to give them the most to take care of this baby. Right. And they also are pregnant for nine months too. Oh. Or I'm sorry, eight months. Very wow. similar. So I'm wondering, does she sleep with that guy first? Just to like, hey, she's I like, look, you. it's it's us. We're really the ones, but I'm just gonna go sleep with these guys so they don't, know. you know, try to murder my baby. But like, bring me some shit later. Okay? Yeah, but this is yours. I'm gonna need some nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need some sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so they say that there's usually not aggression within their own community although it has happened Hmm. and there have been reports of it from researchers who study chimpanzees and some of the things that i read is that they could be getting habituated to the researchers always being around and watching them could be causing more aggression between communities Oh, okay. It's like they're kind of interrupting the... Whatever their natural flow of things. Right. 
So when people will usually research, are they like out there in the field next to the chimpanzees? Yeah, they're usually there watching, which is, I believe, what Jane Goodall did. Right. At a distance, Mm -hmm. she just observed their behavior and just kept really low key, which I still feel like is the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, so now people are saying, well, we should set up cameras or have drones go in. But that's not my area. I'm not a uh, subject matter expert in primatology (laughs) or working in the field for that. So we'll let the people who know make that decision. But it was just brought up that that might be something that could create behavior that's not quite normal within a community. Right. Interesting. So the other thing about chimpanzees is they're super fucking strong. They don't have much fat on their bodies. Mm -hmm. So they're opposite of the harp seal. There's no blubber. <laughs> There's no blubber. So they're just straight up lean, mean fight machines. Not really, because they don't always fight. Right, yeah. Sweet. That's why they don't like to swim. That's why they hate water. It's because they are not buoyant at all. Oh. They like to play with the water. They yeah. don't don't throw them in the water because they're not good swimmers and they will sink because they're just, they're just yeah. straight up muscle. So their muscle is actually like closer or more more attached to the bone structure. So it's like they're they have more uh, torque. Yeah, they're super, super strong, one and a half times stronger than men, but I've seen it more than that. And they also don't have very good muscle control like humans. <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes when they go nuts and want to beat up a you know member of their or whoever, yeah. they accidentally kill them because they really don't have control when they're in like a frenzied. They're just kind of like swinging. <laughs> yeah, so they just go crazy. And this is how some chimpanzees have have injured people or others without maybe doing it intentionally. They also have a very strong bite. They have fangs and they'll use this to subdue their Mm -hmm. opponent that they're beating up. Um, They have, you know, the strong muscles. So they grapple, they slam, wrestle, and they just tear, kick, stomp, pull, drag, all the things. It's just like a frenzy of anger from a very, very, very strong animal. When they bite, they tear. Think about biting into a beef jerky and ripping. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they do. So you don't want to you don't want to f around. So in the wild, <laughs> they actually are prey to like large cats, like lions, cheetahs, leopards. Oh, yeah, they have they well, can get killed or cats, e- even crocodiles, right? And pythons. I don't know why that makes me so sad. It's making me kind of sad. Uh, yeah, but that's why they go up in trees and live in trees mostly is to escape those predators. Right. But I did see a video when I was watching all this of, you know, when I said they're in trees and they have long arms and they, they'll eat small mammals. I did yeah. see them like reach out and they all like cornered this poor little tiny monkey. I don't remember what kind it was. <laughs> and they grabbed him and they just like ripped his limbs off. Oh, God. they like drawed and quartered him. <laughs> it was it's like horrific. I'm, not, I'm laughing because it's... Uh... Uh awful to think nature about. is wild yeah well, well we, is, we is, were yeah we're following this thing called nature is metal oh on my god instagram and like i i really question why we're following it because i <laughs> it's it's really i mean it is what it is it's intense but it's intense some of the things i'm like scroll <laughs> yeah. i just can't they you know obviously are pretty good at protecting themselves but it doesn't always work mm-hmm. the other problem is humans mm. which is the worst threat on this whole planet so true that the rainforests are being cut down. We know this. There's, you know, it's fragmented. So there's just patches of areas for them to live. So that once belt, forest belt that used to kind of be continuous is now getting chopped and chopped, chopped smaller and smaller. So their habitat is shrinking. So they're losing habitat and they're also being killed for uh, bushmeat. Some people oh. really have a taste for it. And especially if they don't feel like there's much else to eat, mm-hmm. they kill them, eat them. 
Um, and they're also, so a lot of times what they'll do is they'll want to get a, a baby to sell in the market yeah. as an exotic pet. Not only do they kill the mother, they usually, every time a baby is stolen, they kill about 10 chimpanzees what? because they have to kill all of the ones around that are trying to protect the mother and the baby. Oh my God. So imagine each time a baby chimpanzee is stolen, mm-hmm. at least 10 other adults will die. Wow. And they take them and sell it as bushmeat. So you can see how the numbers can just continuously mm-hmm. drop. So, and, and when they're cutting the forest, is that for to make uh, agricultural land? Or? I believe so. It's okay. for wood for building things. And then sure. once they use the woods, they probably yeah farm the lands. So it's just as human population grows, you know, more people need to eat. They need to live off the land and wildlife loses out big time. That's just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. As we've seen growing up, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen a lot of chimpanzees in entertainment. That's very true. Obviously, when you see them, do you ever see a giant full-size chimpanzee in a movie? No. Or, no, we don't. We only see small chimpanzees. Who do funny things. Who do cute things because they're little and they're cute. Mm-hmm. And most of these chimpanzees were separated from their mothers, either as a newborn or shortly thereafter, which now we know because I just taught you guys so much that they stay with their mom for like up to eight years. Yeah. Till they can reach mm-hmm. adolescence and find their way within their own community. They're highly social. Mm-hmm. You know, they live as a community. And so it's so tragic because they are given to trainers. And even if the trainer only has, you know, all the best planned for this chimpanzee, mm-hmm. it's never going to replace the what mother. they the mother mm-hmm. or what they would have had with their community of you know their, their family especially when they're moving in like the showbiz like it's fast paced you know they got to keep up there's a lot of demand so a lot of trainers admit to and this is across the board for all animals to beating the animals to keep you know keep them in line to do what they're supposed to do and mm. and many a lot of it's just like super horrible abuse happening right that's how I always wonder about disclaimers in movies that involve animals where they say like, oh, no animal was harmed during the filming of this production. I'm like, yeah, well, what about when you're not filming? Like what happens and to then get them to this. do those things? Because by the time that chimpanzee is six or eight years old, they hit adolescence and they get, they're big mm-hmm. and they can't handle them anymore. Yeah. They just get unruly by nature because they're wild animals. Yeah. And they're super smart and they're like, you know what? fuck you. I want to get out of here. Like this isn't, this isn't working for me. So in order to make them manageable, a lot of trainers and owners have their teeth removed so that they can't bite or fit them with shock collars, like under their clothes. Um, They've also, I've also seen where they've had their thumbs because they have small opposable thumbs. Mm -hmm. They have their thumbs removed thinking that they won't be able to open things or, you know, escape. It's just horrific. It is so sad. But usually they're just discarded. So either they go to like a roadside show and just live in a small cage. They can't give them to zoos because they can't fit with regular, you know, wild chimpanzees. Mm -hmm. They would never be able to fit because they don't know chimpanzee etiquette. Right. Because that's what they learn when they're with their mother. So they can't put them in a zoo. Zoos won't take them. And it's really hard to find sanctuaries that are reputable that can Mm -hmm. put them in an area where they can thrive and, you know, live out their lives. Right. Sorry, guys. This is a downer. Mm, This is so... But it's... I mean, it's things that we think about. 
Yeah. And maybe people don't take the time to go and learn more. Yeah. Well, they're so cute in movies, but you have to really stop and think Mm -hmm. what kind of life are they having or will have because they live for 60 years. Right. That's 60 years of a life. Not many humans live to their 60s. Right. You know, when you take on, you know, because everybody's like, well, when you take on a cat or a dog, you need to know that you're going to have them for 15 plus, you know, for their life. And you need to commit to that. But imagine 60 years and the majority of that. I mean, the time when they're cute and docile is very short. Mm -hmm. The rest of their life, they're adults with, you know, their own needs. How are you going to how are you going to fulfill that? Right. Let's talk about chimpanzees as pets. Mm, so as we know, feelings. The, 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 <laughs> the infants require 24-hour attention. Um, that's when I said that the mother will always put a hand, always sleep with a hand on the baby. It really would be difficult for any person to devote that 24-7 attention to an infant chimpanzee. They're super messy. You know, there's, they're very demanding and they need a lot of mental stimulation. Sounds like our kids. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But luckily, they don't turn into 200-pound killing machines. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> they grow really fast. And so it's really hard to keep up with staying up with their needs. And, you know, you have to... They're super destructive, so people have to have, like, this heavy-duty enclosure, mm-hmm. indoor or in an outdoor, a lot of things to do. I mean, we've all been to the zoos. I remember going to the zoo when I was a kid and seeing a gorilla in a small cage and I was looking at it through the glass and he looked so sad. And I remember thinking like, I hate zoos. I never want to go to a zoo. And I was a little kid. I was like, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. And luckily later that zoo changed the enclosure to be a huge one, Mm -hmm. you know, where they were all outside and like doing something. And I really like the fact that zoos conserve species right right because there's a lot of areas where maybe a species is endangered or it's extinct in their native habitat and that's Mm -hmm. the same here for guam there's some birds that are extinct here they can't live because of the brown tree snakes but they're in some zoos and they're trying to keep the species alive right because maybe one day the brown tree snake will get eradicated or or to some level Mm -hmm. where the birds can come or there might be similar islands adjacent islands where they Mm -hmm. can be released at least the species could thrive there but so zoos play an important role in conservation and i get it but i also think they've improved a lot yeah since i I was a kid well growing up in atlanta you know um I Willie, went to the Atlanta Zoo. Well, they have the gorilla. It was a big thing, Willie B. I was interviewed about Willie B. Shut the front door. No, I I was interviewed and I was on the news. I went to visit my aunt and I was on the news. I probably saw you on the news. And I was talking about Willie B because I guess he had just had an It was like offspring. a birthday or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Anything that happened. And yeah. My aunt, I swear she still has that on VHS somewhere. Oh my God. You have got to get that. It was so funny. (laughs) It was so random. They're like, can we interview you? I'm like, uh, sure. That's so Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And and it's like you would go and they they made that enclosure was huge, like beautiful. Yeah. It's, it was pretty nice. It was impressive. Nothing like I had seen when I was a kid. So I felt much better about it. Yeah. Having them as pets is a whole nother situation. Can I interject something real quick here? Like sometimes when I'm on TikTok... There, I will like be scrolling through and I will come across and there will be someone who has a primate of some sort uh, as a pet. Right. And there's like a million likes for the video and it makes me so angry. And I'm like, that's stop buying exotic pets. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Save your rant. Oh my God. They're cute. They're adorable when they're, when they're young. 
as they, you know, as they get older, and I kind of brought this up, most places won't take them. The owners can't keep up. They become dangerous. And the owners, they poured so much of their heart and soul into this animal in some cases, and they feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them see them as, you know, part of the family, like a child is turning yeah. their turning on them. They can't go back to Africa. They nope. can't can't go be where they should be with their family. They can't go to zoos. So, so from all this research, mm-hmm. it really became apparent to me how I didn't realize how many chimpanzee sanctuaries there are in the states just to take these like essentially homeless, homeless, yeah, discarded. So not just chimpanzees, but all kinds of stuff. There's one lady in Florida that called. Oh, I think it's like save the chimp she got like a hundred acres of land and she rescued basically all the research chimpanzees oh, yeah from the air force she got like it was a lot like 200 and just let them be free oh, i think it's called save the chimps anyway you can google that but it's pretty cool so she is you know a reputable place so i read and she can, you know i think some of these guys go there mm. but i mean that's kind of the dream gen by like you know a few hundred thousand acres and, and just, just save have, everything well all the cats just so many <laughs> cats spay and neuter all the cats and just like yeah just let them I'll all have like a little trailer <laughs> it's amazing we someday little Maybe, cats not yeah. big cats you know domestic cats right <laughs> I saw a quote that said, if you try to keep them as pets, you're creating a mentally disturbed animal in 99.9% of the cases. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Now that we know a lot about chimpanzees, which there's so much more, so I encourage everybody to go on the internet and explore for yourself. Listen, I'm essentially... You're like a primatologist now? Yes. Okay. I am now going to talk about Travis. Who? Okay. I'll just, let yeah. me, I'll just tell you about Travis. Let's hear it. Travis was born October 21st, 1995 at the Missouri Primate Foundation. Cool. Because he's a chimpanzee. (laughs) (laughs) Megan. He was born to Coco and Susie near Festus, Missouri. This is or was a compound owned by Mike and Connie Braun Casey. So Mike Casey and Connie Braun Casey. Okay. Um, And they were notoriously known as a former chimpanzee breeding facility, um, which was also previously known as Chimp Party, which had been around for nearly 40 years. They rented out chimpanzees for parties, TV ads, and movies from their farm. Oh, my God. What do you want to say? Go ahead. It's blowing my mind right now. Well, I mean, this happens everywhere. There's like people that raise exotic animals for entertainment. Llamas. What? I'm just kidding. I don't know. I mean, especially that chimpanzees are endangered. They're an endangered species. How are they how are they able to raise at the time chimpanzees were not endangered when they first started their business? How are they able to do that and not be fined? It's up to state. State by state has different laws. They're able to permit different things and i'll get into that later okay well also you know there's the cites act which is importing exporting endangered species Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're born in captivity within a state that maybe they have a permit to do it it's slightly different although it's not it's yeah yeah go to the jane goodall any of her well she's kind of like everywhere but if you look at like the uk one especially they talk Mm -hmm. about why breeding in captivity is no different in a lot of ways than taking from the wild yeah just read about it. I'm okay. not going to go into it. Much of the information that um, I'm going to share mm-hmm. in this story 
There's this really good article from New York Magazine in 2011 by Dan P. Lee, and cool. it's entitled Travis the Menace, and it's very detailed and very good. And I'm trying not to fully like, like plagiarize, but it had so much and it's so I'm going to go through that. But if you mm-hmm. you will get much more if you read the article. So allegedly Coco, the father of Travis, had been taken from the jungles in Africa in the early 70s and was purchased mm-hmm. for $12,000. Early 70s, be, probably before much of these regulations and laws were put into place. Susie, Travis's mom, was a retired zoo chimp which I don't really understand that unless maybe a zoo closed and or, these people were able to acquire her. Or maybe she was at a zoo, like one of those zoos where you like drive through or like, I'm not like really a roadside sure. zoo. Maybe mm-hmm. if they like it's zoo and air quotes. I'm not sure. Right. Um, maybe a zoo lost funding or something happened and they needed to place some of the animals. So she was 11 years old. And according to what information I could find... Um, Susie, days after giving birth to Travis, she was shot with a tranquilizer and her newborn was removed from her cage. I think at about three days old. Then Connie Casey called Sandy Harold and said, Sandy, your baby has arrived. It's a boy. So I'm going to talk to you about Sandy. So Sandy and Jerry Harold were the owners of a pretty lucrative towing company and auto body shop in Stamford, Connecticut. Like they were millionaires from this thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They had one daughter, Susan, was actually Sandy's from a previous marriage. During the 70s, they were doing really well. They had horses. They were really into barrel racing. At, okay. Like They were kind of like semi-professional barrel racers at rodeos, and they traveled around with their horses and did that. Cool. And at one of these rodeos, there was a like somebody had for entertainment, like a little baby chimp mm-hmm. or a young chimp mm-hmm. riding a horse, wearing like Western gear. Mm-hmm. We're talking 70s. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sandy, being a huge animal lover, was like drawn to the chimpanzee. She gave it some candy and it like ran to her when she was like in the audience and hugged her and stuff. I guess she gave it candy. Right. But this just like always stuck with her. Listen, I hug anyone who gives me candy. Exactly. You're like, thank you, Mr. Crocodile. She was just really struck by this and she was just like, I love that so much. It was an experience that, you know, stayed with her and she was just enamored with this Mm. little chimpanzee. You know, when people say that they're animal lovers and then they buy a chimpanzee, I really question. Just hold on. I know you're going to want to like interject a lot in this with your own thoughts, but let's just let's just get through the story. Well, I mean, you can interject, Mm -hmm. but let's listen because... I'll try not... You know, I'll try to keep the rage at a minimum. Yeah. Just hold the rage (laughs) to the end and then you can just rage like hell. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, so she had seen this chimpanzee at one of the rodeos. Around the same time, Sandy met this young 18-year-old runaway named Charla Nash. She also liked to go by Charlie. Hmm. Um, They, from there on, became lifelong friends. I'm not sure what her, you know, early teenage and adolescent life was like but she was mm. just one of those people that was super independent really headstrong but she loved she was also an equestrian she loved being in the rodeos and riding horses and that's cool yeah she was just like a super cool lady but so they made this friendship early on in the 70s and i kind of always kept in touch the years went by and their daughter susan sue grew married moved away and sandy did not cope well with this she struggled maybe empty nest syndrome kind Mm -hmm. of thing at the same time both of her elderly parents became sick and died Jeez. so she was just going through a really rough spell feeling very lonely depressed you know feeling a lot of loss and that's when she decided 
to adopt a chimpanzee of her own. Instead of go to therapy. Okay. Or maybe like foster some kids. She contacted, she found out, you know, must have heard about the K- the Caseys because I think they were pretty well known. I mean, it wouldn't have been hard to say, where do I get a chimpanzee? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in the mid 90s. <laughs> she just opened up her yellow pages. And just went to C-H. Oh, here we go. Well, also, they had a lot of money. So I'm sure, you know, they had contacts around. Who knows? But she found the Casey's. They called her and said, your baby has arrived. She went there. She paid $50,000 in cash. And then she named the chimp, the baby infant chimp, Travis, after her favorite singer. Randy Travis? Nope. Oh my God! Who who's her favorite? Travis Tritt. <laughs> <laughs> I like Randy Travis, so that's a good one. But then his name would have been Randy. My grandmother was like super into Randy Travis. I love Randy Travis. He's so awesome. Good times. Sorry, but he is. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, his songs were back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna love you forever and ever. Amen. Come on, <laughs> please. For the next several years, they, her and her husband Jerry, they raised Travis like a human child. He, she bottle fed him. They had a crib in their room. Um, eventually, they toilet trained him. They even taught him to brush his own teeth, which I have to say is I barely get my kids to brush their teeth. I was good that I yeah. So I'm it's, like, how did you do? Come what? on, guys. That's crazy. Get it together. They bought him like fancy clothes. He always he got himself dressed. He was just like full on. Like he learned all the things. A little person. He was a little person, a little human, because that's how they treated him. But he's not a human. He's not. They ended up building this indoor enclosure, mm-hmm. in, like a cage ish, but it was like a whole room because sure. they had a. You know, they had a lot of money, had a big house, Mm -hmm. but the cage door led into their bedroom. So it was kind of like, you know, next to their room. So it was like they could always see him. And he slept in bed with them every single night in bed with them. That's some co-sleeping right there. That's some co-sleeping. I'm, it's like, I, yeah, okay. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. know. Because I could see when he was real small, but Mm -hmm. as he got bigger and there's just like, Maybe they have like a California king. Right. That was an extension. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. But somehow he slept with them every night. They also took him everywhere with them. They own, you know, they had the tow truck uh, or towing company. Mm -hmm. So he went around like with them in the tow truck or in the truck, the tow truck. And I think they had like a picture of him as Mm -hmm. their um, like mascot. As their mascot. That was their logo. Right. And everybody in town knew Travis. They loved him. They're like, he's so cute. And there's pictures of police officers like holding him and so happy because yeah, baby young chimpanzees are adorable. Sure. And they want to hug you and they're so cute. Of course Mm -hmm. you would love that. But then again, they grow. They go through puberty. Yeah. My 11 year old is going through almost 12 going Mm -hmm. through puberty Mm -hmm. and I want to kick him out of the house sometimes. Right. Right. Can you imagine? A wild animal and it happens much earlier when they're like eight years old so they had the they had him in the house but he spent any time they were home which was a lot he spent time with them Mm -hmm. you know so he wasn't he was only in the enclosure when they had to go somewhere and they couldn't take him um they also made him kind of a a animal actor of course of course because we have a chimpanzee look how cool we are and so they had him in some television shows commercials he was on an old navy commercial with morgan fairchild i have to look it up i didn't but oh my god also in a pepsi commercial and he also appeared on the maury povich show the man <laughs> show and a television pilot that oh. featured cheryl crow and michael moore which i don't even know what that is but travis appeared in several things 
And everybody loved him and he was really sweet because he mm-hmm. was a little guy and that's when they're sweet. Mm-hmm. So I always think about the movie Babe, Pig in the City. Oh, and I, I, I really, I do love that movie, but I always wondered about the chimpanzees. I'm like, where did they come from? Why are they oh, there? Yeah. They came from, I just found this out. They came from the Casey's. No. I know. And it really like hurts my heart because I really thought that movie was so sweet and now it's kind of ruined for Tainted, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even... Yeah, I forgot that there were chim- chimpanzees in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, they there are. So they should have just left it with cats and dogs and... Fowl, and, ducks, chickens. And there's also a big orangutan in that movie. Oh, there is. You're right. Mm-hmm. During the time when Travis was still young, Sue had... You know, she had moved away, the daughter of Sandy and Jerry. Mm-hmm. So she had moved away and she had a son. And when her son was still small, the marriage wasn't working out. She came home and she lived in this like um, apartment kind of off their house that they made for them. Like a wing. A wing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Some some sort of like apartment. And her son was about the same age as Travis. And they played together and kind of grew up together. Weird. I know. And they were just like besties. When Travis was around five, so Sue, Sandy's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, remarried and moved away okay. again. And Sandy did not take this well at all. She really <sighs> loves having her daughter there. They're really close. Mm-hmm. They're like two peas in a pod. And it just, she kind of hated the guy she married and she was really not happy about it. In the process of, I think they moved to like one of the Carolinas and she was driving to Connecticut to get some stuff. Mm-hmm. And her daughter, I think they said she was having issues with her back and she had taken a Percocet. Oh, and she um, somehow, I don't know, she passed out or, you know, fell asleep behind the wheel, but she crashed into a tree or a pole or something and she died. Oh, my God. Good news is, I guess, if it's good, but her, she had like an infant daughter in the backseat that was Mm -hmm. totally okay. Oh, my God. This was just tragic. I mean, for any parent, how do you deal with that? So Sandy really spiraled. And after that, she became even more attached to Travis as that, as though that was her only child. Right. Years went on. He grew into adulthood. And he would always sit at the dinner table and eat with Jerry and Sandy every night. They would, and they would take him out to, you know, restaurants. They would order him filet mignon. They would order lobster. What? I mean, they spoiled the hell out of this chimpanzee. Dude. And they gave him so much food. Like he would eat an ice cream cake like a day. And he knew how to get frozen vegetables or whatever he wanted out of the refrigerator and microwave them. What? Yeah. He knew how to make his own food. He had all the kinds of TVs. He would watch things. You know, he knew how to work the remote. He played on the computer. He's like their 30-year-old son. That never leaves. That never leaves. Right. But he's a chimpanzee. But he's an animal. At a point when he got a little bit older, mm-hmm. he was sitting at dinner with Jerry and Sandy and Jerry, I guess, in the evenings would have a glass of wine. I'm here for that. So he would have a glass of wine after dinner or with dinner. And so Travis wanted to try it. So we let him try it. And from then on, they both had a glass of wine <laughs> with dinner. And they would eat, like even have like the wine glasses and clink their glasses. Like, <laughs> I'm losing my <laughs> I'm losing my mind right now. Yes. I so, cannot. I cannot. I'm just imagining him sitting there in like some kind of like Ralph Lauren shirt with like a cravat. Like, or like a smoking jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's like, no, oh, you know. He's like, oh, did you see the news today? Can you believe it? <laughs> and apparently Travis actually really loves sports and like watching sports on television. I mean, did he though? 
I don't know. That's who's, what he chose. Who's because he could play with the remotes, and it's he just had, like people. I guess he had around. like three TVs on all the time. It kind of seemed like from what I read that him and Jerry, they were all close, but him, he really loved Jerry. That was like, his bro. Yeah, that was his dad. His dad, and maybe because he's a male, I, I'm not sure. But as he was getting older, obviously he was getting more headstrong. And there was an incident in October of 2003 when Travis was riding around with them in their Forerunner or something. And some jackass, this is so rude. I mean, I kind of don't blame <laughs> Travis for this because some jackass threw like an empty Coke can uh-huh. at the window where Travis was. And the window was like half down and it hit him. And Travis was all like, what the actual? And then he just took off his seatbelt and got out and started chasing the guy. <laughs> so, and I mean, I'm kind of like, well, you know. I feel like most people might do that. Listen, Jen, I've chased kids before. Let me, <laughs> let me just tell you real quick about I was, I'm sorry. I drove by this church one time. These kids threw a rock at my car. And I, my boyfriend at the time was actually at a in church? the car. At a church. They were outside of They're a always, church. they like the most naughty kids. Oh, right? yeah, they are. And I like, you know, into the parking lot. I didn't even put it. In, I just like slammed it, the, the breakup. Yeah. And I freaking chase them around that church until I found an adult and then I made I made them stand there while I told the adult what happened that's amazing and it's the most aggressive thing I think I've ever done ever that was your that was your lady chimp side yeah it was I was like you're like throwing freaking rocks why'd you make me go all chimp on you oh my god (laughs) yeah so he just like he jumps out chases the guy the guy was lucky and got away oh my god but then it took them like two hours to get him back in the car he wouldn't get back in or else so the police came and they're all trying and they know him and they're like come on travis go and they're trying to be like have some ice cream you know all his favorite things and he would get back in but before they could lock it he would get out the other side (laughs) and he would like lay in the road and like you know, it was like laying on his back and he was just kind of, you know, making a scene. But everybody thought it was funny. So he didn't hurt anybody. Right. Right. Lucky for the guy. But he was just like, it was just kind of chaotic. They didn't feel like he was aggressive towards anybody. It was like a sped up uh, comedy part of a movie where the, you know. like there, Or there should have been some sort of like montage, like some sort of music. Yeah. Yeah. In the background. Oh, my God. So anyway, so they finally got him back in. And after that, the Department of Environmental Protection was told what happened. And there was actually a new statute that required a permit to keep a primate, a permit to Mm. keep a primate over 50 pounds. There are so many scientists who have to get like hours and hours of interaction with species yeah, to get years. a permit to do anything. Yeah. And there's this person who's just like, hey, I'm going to buy this chimp. Oh, I need a permit for it. Like, what the fuck do you know about chimps? Oh, okay. Okay. Continue. So I know we're going to have like mini rants and then you can, maybe it'll help with the end <laughs> just like part rant. Down. They didn't have a permit, but they decided not to take any action because they decided it was like, he was like a lo- local celebrity. <sighs> And he didn't, you know, he wasn't aggressive. He didn't cause a real problem. So they decided mm. not to pursue it. But apparently they were friends with the mayor. Um, and of the course. mayor had told them, like, don't let him out again because mm. he might get shot Oh, if something happens. They After that, he wasn't ever out of the house. They also, there was a animal control officer who was super concerned well, and contacted, yeah, finally somebody <laughs> with some sense. They contacted a primatologist and was like, tell me everything. And so got all the information, went to Sandy and was like, hey, look, Travis is a fully grown adult male chimpanzee. 
in the wild, he would be having sex like a thousand times a day. (laughs) He would be, he has the strength of like (laughs) five men. He's unpredictable. He can become violent. Like this is a real problem. You need to think about placing him somewhere where he can be, you know, safe and everybody around him is safe. Right. You know, he's because he's going to live for 60 years. And by now, Sandy and Jerry are already in their 60s. You know, like, what was their plan? Yeah. Is he still sleeping in the bed with them? Yes. He always slept in the bed with them. So Sandy listened. I mean, she was like, yeah, I hear you. But she just, she was like, but he is not violent. He would never do anything to anybody. He's the sweetest. Oh, my God. So like I said, after that, Travis did not leave the house. He never left the house. So he had all his crazy food and cakes and wine and... He had his afternoon tea and he had TVs everywhere and he had Sandy and Jerry. Two years earlier in 2001, the Casey's actually called Sandy and Jerry and were like, hey, hate to tell you this, but Susie and Coco, which are Travis's parents, Mm -hmm. had escaped and they ran to some neighbors and there were these kids that were in a car or maybe getting in or out of a car with a dog. Freaking wild chimpanzees <laughs> came and were beating on their car and shaking the car violently apparently Sue, one of the Casey's came and they say they tranquilized them mm. and tranquilized Susie but one of those kids had ran gotten to his house and got a gun and shot Susie dead because he was scared for his and his friend's life of course because they were showing their teeth they were banging on their car I mean I don't blame him that's like a Jumanji moment. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, I I mean, it's so scary to think about what could happen, right? And apparently he, the guy who shot Susie, the chimpanzee, mm-hmm. had to go to jail for a month. And he's the one that got in trouble for killing um, a, like because a pet. She's, oh. Yeah. Amazing. But now, so Susie died. I'm sure she's probably living a much better life in chimp heaven than yeah. she was living there. The I wonder... Is- Like, why did they escape? Anyway, that was in 2001. And Sandy knew about this. She knew what happened. And they were still for years taking, you know, Travis out. Well, she's probably thinking we're the exception. We're the exception. This will never happen. He's the best. He's so sweet. This is our child. So in 2005, April of 2005, Jerry was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Hmm. And that was in March. And a month later, he died in April. Um, This was only four years after their daughter died. So again, Sandy is spiraling. Sandy needs a therapist. Mm -hmm. She needs a lot. I mean, now she's in her late 60s. -hmm. She's alone. All she has is Travis. That's it. Yeah. So she's kind of isolated herself from everybody and everything. But before Jerry died, he did try to talk to Sandy about taking Travis to a chimpanzee sanctuary because he was worried this is going to be too much for you. Like you cannot handle this on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think it's best for both of you. And she, I guess, was like, okay. But she obviously she didn't. Travis was also devastated by the loss of Jerry. He took to rocking himself Mm -hmm. a lot. He would take pictures down of Jerry and like hold them and kiss them. Like he was like, where did he go? Why is he gone? You know, it was really painful for Travis as well. So she had to take all the pictures and put them away because he couldn't deal. I am more upset about his reaction to Jerry dying. 
Yeah. Then, I mean, that's, that's all he had. All he had is these two people. And I think that Jerry was, that was his dad. And he was just suddenly gone, you know, mm. and he was, he was really, really upset. Sandy turned inward, like I said, isolated herself. She went on these crazy, like impulsive shopping sprees and just would pack clothes that you know with tags still on them and plastic bins all over her house it started to become like a hoarding situation crying a lot just couldn't seem to move past it according to the new york magazine article she did write a letter to um, a respected sanctuary in florida Mm -hmm. i'm thinking it might be the one that you were talking about earlier yeah um i'm gonna read because they actually have it in the article So I'm just going to read what the article wrote about because they have the, like I said, the last two paragraphs of her, her letter. She said, needless to say, after 45 years with the most, most wonderful man in the world, we are both lost without him and miss him dearly. Travis still waits for him, especially at supper time, because at that time they both had a glass of wine with their supper. And if my husband ever cooked anything, you can bet it had, has garlic in it. Trying to have two guys breathing on your sleep time with garlic breath. Travis would go to the bath. Travis would go to the bedroom window many nights, sit on the bench seat, look out, get very vocal and happy, and then come back to sleep. This was always very late at night. Finally, I went to a psychic, and she told me that Jerry would visit at night and talk to Travis, and my husband would always kiss me goodnight. P.S. Him and Travis kiss alike. That's good, too. What the fuck? Okay, wait, there's one more. I have no family. My only child, Susan, had gotten killed in an auto accident four years before Jerry died and who Travis also loved. My grandkids live in North Carolina, and I don't see them very often. I live alone with Travis. We eat and sleep together, but I am worried that if he's, if something happens to me as suddenly as my husband, what would happen to Travis? Therefore, I have to try to do something before it happens. I set up a trust fund for him, but that's not enough. He needs someone to play with of his own kind and to have the best, most possible life if I'm not here to care for him. I would love to see and talk to you if that's possible. I'm flying down to see your member event and closes our donation. I'm looking forward to meeting you. She signed the letter, Sandy, and then in parentheses, Jerry and Travis. And she put photos in there, the check for $250. And she put everything in an envelope, stamped it, and she never mailed it and never made the trip. What? A trust fund? Right. Well, she's that's all she has. And I mean, I know people, I don't know about trust fund, but I know people yeah. who leave their entire, uh, they will everything, all their money to like a dog or a cat or well. something. So if that's all you have, <laughs> or you have relatives that you're not real fond of. I mean, sure. but I don't know. She that So she had a trust fund, which I would, that does make sense. Well, because if he was going to go to a sanctuary or somewhere, she would want right. to have money to support his care sure so i get that Mm -hmm. but send them there right but actually do it so around the same time like the time that jerry passed away Mm -hmm. um she was somehow reunited with charla nash or charlie oh right the horse the girl who ran away with the horses yeah so charlie had spent her whole life just like getting by like she was a fighter she's very independent she Mm -hmm. had like jobs she tried to stay working with horses like she would clean stalls and do all these things um she ended up having a daughter brianna and they had lived in a homeless shelter for about a year Mm -hmm. i think prior to coming to somehow be reunited with sandy so she was looking for like a stable work a stable home because she wanted her daughter all the best for her daughter she's a really freaking awesome mom yeah 
she so Sandy was like, well, I'm it's just me here. Why don't you come? You can stay in the apartment, the one that her daughter right. had stayed in. Mm-hmm. You can stay there with your daughter and you can work around here, you know, work for the business and then help me around here. Yeah. So she was like, OK, she basically had Charlie doing like everything, mowing the yard, working for the business, like bookkeeping. And she lived rent free, but she paid her like three hundred dollars a week, which I'm like, it's not very much. That's not very much. Yeah. Yeah kind of lame but she also asked her to help with um travis from time to time if she had to go somewhere so she might feed him breakfast like and make his oatmeal or whatever i'd be like can you pay for my primatology degree so that (laughs) i can uh, properly take care of this animal that's living in your home i know right this kind of went on for a while four years passed and travis was around 14 years old so by this time travis is five feet tall he's 240 pounds bro morbidly obese yeah remember they're in the wild they're about 150 pounds oh man his face was like all wrinkled and kind of gone black he you know like his skin was a weird color he was like saggy big tummy like he just didn't look good right and this is because of years and years in of just eating shit that's not good for him that's right good for his biology and all kinds of crazy stuff like, he just basically laid around, played on the computer, watched his TVs, snacked, you know, and roamed around the house because for all those years, you know, he's not allowed to leave. He's not allowed to leave. And he's probably not getting his chimp exercise. No, he's um, not. Yeah. So it's been like six years since the incident, and he has just been home this whole time. That can make anybody. I mean, we've all been like hanging out at home just for a year. For a year, and we're all, you know. 250 pounds already. And we're humans, <laughs> you know. So imagine on February 16th, 2009, Sandy, who was by this time 71, mm-hmm. and Charlie was 55. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had gone, so they went to the casinos. I guess. You know, Sandy, I think I think Charlie was Sandy's only friend. I think that's the only person she had in her life. Yeah. You know, because she was, you know, she had pretty much through everything that happened. She kind of cut everybody out of her life. And I imagine a lot of people were when they're like, oh, you have a 200 pound male gorilla sleeping in your bed every night. Right. I'll take a hard pass on that. Right. You know, like we're good. (laughs) <laughs> but freaking Charlie, I mean, she's just, she's a really good person. She's mm-hmm. a really nice person. And I think, I'm not sure at this point she was still living with their, on their property. I right. think they had probably moved somewhere else. They had gone to the casinos for the weekend, which is something Sandy really loved to do. She mm-hmm. loved to just spend money. Nice. On that, that day, February 16th, 2009, Travis had appeared agitated. According mm. to Sandy, he didn't want his usual foods. He didn't want to watch his usual TV shows. And he was just kind of out of sorts, like unhappy, mm-hmm. you know, just acting up. And so Sandy put a Xanax in his afternoon tea, which was apparently <sighs> prescribed by a veterinarian. Oh, for him. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Around 3 p.m., Travis yoinked Sandy's car keys and went outside, unlocked the door, went outside, and he was checking all the cars. He was like, I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. He's just, he, I think he just hit his breaking point. He's like, listen, mom. He's I'm like, going to take the car. Yeah. He's just rebelling. He's like, I'm done. So he went outside because imagine years and years of being trapped in a house with that woman. I mean, I don't say she's a bad person. I don't know. I don't know her personally. Right. But the situation does is far from ideal. Yes. Sandy called Charlie and was like, hey, I need your help. Travis won't come back in. He won't listen to me. And I can't get him to, you know, 
get back in the house. I'm worried he's going to take, you know, one of the cars or because he literally could knew he knew how to drive a car. He had actually rolled one of their cars down the driveway <laughs> once before. Yeah, freaking smart. Uh, so about 3.40 p.m., Charlie drove to the property. This is the point in the movie where you're like, don't do it, Charlie. You're like, Charlie, use your better judgment. But she's helping her friend, friend. and she's been helping them for years. So she drove to the property, got out of her car, and she had this like red Elmo doll that he loved. It was a toy that he loved. Oh, okay. And Um, she was like... Those things are creepy, so I don't know. Right. But he he actually, you know, usually he loved it, and she had, was kind of holding it like, hey, come on, let's go, you know, and hold it above her face. And that's when Travis, from about 35 feet away, looked at her. And he knuckle ran full speed to her, stood up on his two legs, slammed her against her car, knocking her to the ground and began viciously and wildly attacking her. Oh, my God. Sandy was like screaming, Travis, it's, you know, like, that's Charlie. What are you doing? She's yelling at him. She grabbed a shovel that was nearby and started hitting him over the head, but it didn't even phase him. Well, yeah. So he, she ran into the house. She grabbed a butcher knife, ran back out, and she stabbed him three times in his upper back. She's like trying to like get off, you know, trying to stop it. Yeah. Right? And so she, this is when you need some. Some bear spray or something. Why doesn't she have a tranquilizer gun? I don't know. So she's stabbing him with a butcher knife. Apparently he stops. He turns around and looks at her like, why are you doing this to me? Stares straight into her eyes. And then he turned back around and continued mauling Charlie. Oh my so God. Sandy ran to her car. because She's like, I mean, I'm sure when he looked at her, he's covered in blood. And she's just like, good God. You know, so she runs to her car, locks herself inside and she dials 911. And now I'm going to play you the entire 911 call because I think it's really important that you so, hear it. Just a trigger warning for anyone who doesn't want to listen to this. You can skip ahead. can skip ahead about four minutes. Stand for 911. Where's your emergency? Away from your friend, let me know, okay? So we could try I, to help your friend. No, no, I can't. She's dead. 
She's dead. Why Why are you saying that she's dead? She's dead. He ripped her apart. He ripped what apart? Her face? Everything. He ripped her apart? Listen, I think I'm going to freak. I think I'm going to freak. No, no, just breathe, okay? I'm going to stay with you on this one until they get there. Listen, please hurry. Please, please hurry. <laughs> oh, my God. they got to have their guns out. they got to have their guns out. Listen to me. Oh, my God. Is this your monkey or whose monkey yes. is it? It's your monkey. No, it's mine. How, how, do you know how big is he? How, yes, how many 200 pounds? pounds. 400? 200. 200 pounds? Listen to me, please. Where are they? Where are they? And he's a chimp, correct? Yes. Where, where are they? They're going your way. They're going as fast as they can your way, okay? Please. Please go faster. Please, please, Dirk. Please, please. <laughs> Please, please. Is the monkey still by your friend, or can you get close to your friend? He's eating her. He's eating Please. God, no, please. Okay, I need you to calm down for me. I know it's hard, okay? I know it's hard. But they're going as fast as they can your way, okay? Oh, my God. Please. Please. They tell them they got to shoot him because I tried stabbing him, and he's not, and it made him worse. Okay, Sandra. Have them shoot him. They will. Sandra, I already have the fire department close by, okay? So as soon as the police get there, the fire department is going to move in, okay? The fire department can't move in yet, but as soon as the police officers show up... Please tell them. Shoot him because he's going to try to attack me now. Just breathe, Sandra. Shoot him! Shoot him! Sandra, stay in your car. Shoot him! Sandra, I need you to stay in your car. Shoot him, please! I tried stabbing him, and, and he's hurt now, too. So, so he's going to attack anybody. I can't get out of this car. Lock your doors on your car and stay it, there with me. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. He will rip the doors. Sandra, just do what I'm please, telling you to. Stay in the car. The police officer will handle it. Please tell him to shoot him. <laughs> please tell him. Please tell him to kill him, please. They did, Sandra. They're shooting at him already, okay? But he's not dead. I know. They will continue until he's dead, okay? I just need you to stay on the phone with me and breathe. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Oh, God. Oh, God. There are like a million thoughts going through my head during that call. Yeah, I, I, I wondered whether I should play the whole thing, but I feel like you, you have to hear the whole thing because she's talking about she's ripping her face off and he's now he's eating, eating her. her. Yeah, that happened. The attack in total on Charlie went on for 12 minutes. Jesus. That's just the 911 call. It's about four minutes. The, the local police had arrived. They saw the body of a human massively damaged that they... Some people thought it was a male. They didn't even know. Right. But Charlie was laying on the ground, covered in blood. Clothes were shredded. And so the police kind of pulled up. Uh, I think there were two cars that pulled up on either side of Charlie to try, I, you know, and block, you know, stop the chimpanzee from going to her anymore. Yeah. And so Travis actually ran around. And I think that's what we're hearing in the 911 call. So he ran around to one of the police cars to the driver's side uh-huh. and started banging on the window. I just want you to picture a 200-pound male chimpanzee covered in blood and gore beating on your car. 
And screaming. And screaming. Yeah, screaming. The door was locked, thank God. Mm-hmm. And the police officer was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so he, with one, they said it was like nothing. He just batted off the driver's side mirror. Yeah. And then he pr- went around to the, uh, I'm sorry, the passenger side mirror. He knocked it off, went around to the driver's side and started beating on that door. Unfortunately, the police officer had unlocked it because he was going to get out to try to help Oh my God. Charlie. Travis opened the door and was like, seemed like momentarily shocked that like, he was oh, able was to open. open the door. Yeah. And the police officer is like scrambling to get his gun, gun. out, unholstered. He's kind of pinned between, you know, has, they have those computer yes. things in their car. He's kind of pinned there trying to get it out. So Travis is like, oh, it opened. And then looks at him, covered in blood, shows his teeth, begins nope. screaming and starts to lunge at the officer the officer shot him four times fired four shots and Mm -hmm. travis apparently defecated screamed yeah and ran and they weren't sure exactly where he ran because it just happened so fast and maybe they thought he ran to the woods behind the house but he Mm -hmm. had actually once they followed the blood trail realized that he had ran into the house Mm. Um, so later, the officers very carefully, can you imagine you being the one that, okay, you got to go find that that wild, bloody chimpanzee? <laughs> was, like, later, I'll be like, drawn straws. <laughs> I'd be like, so listen, today, I'm definitely going to be retiring <laughs> like, I'm from sick. the force. <laughs> I, oh, emergency call. Gotta I'm go. allergic to chimpanzees. It's what a, I'm going to get itchy eyes. I'm so sorry. I, I can't. As I'm scared and I just peed. So they had to go in, you know, to the house, follow the blood trail into the house to look for this chimpanzee. And they're looking at this person on the ground who just got completely mauled. I'll get back to that. They followed the blood trail. They found Travis had gone into his room, laid next to his bed on the ground and died. Oh, my God. Where did they where did he get shot? Where did they shoot? I'm not sure. I think it was. I think there was something that said, but it was they were all hit in pretty like close major. But yeah, it was yeah. like at yeah very close range. He was shot four times. I just want to say right here, I made this story about Travis. He is one of the victims here, oh, and this is no 100%. disregard to Charlie. And I'm going to talk about her in a minute. Yes, because she's an amazing person and a definitely a victim of this. But I feel like everything is focused on what he did to this poor woman right but he is the ultimate victim here yes that is what i was thinking through that call was like you you did this did this yes you created this situation Mm -hmm. you made him into knowingly knowingly yes you purchased him for money yes and he is a wild animal and no one stopped her Right. So anyway, I just I'm going to throw that in because I remember when I first heard about this, I was just so appalled at what happened to this woman. But it's really about Travis being stolen from his mother when he was three days old and forced to live a life that he should not have Have been subjected to. Right. Ever in a million years. Yeah. So anyway, this crazy scene is happening. The officer's they basically saved Charlie by getting him away because it just could have continued. And if and they needed to get the EMTs in there mm. immediately to help her. And if and they could not have done that had Travis still been around. So right. they got the threat away, not knowing where he was. They all got out and started helping her, oh knowing that they could they might be attacked. Yeah, because they didn't know. 
you know, it all happened so fast. They didn't know if he's dead or he's coming back or whatever, but they had to help her. And their quick action is actually what saved her life. Oh, wow. So the officer went over to Charlotte. He just saw everybody describes. And if you go on YouTube or whatever, you'll see interviews with the paramedics. There were like fingers laying on the ground. There was scalp. Her scalp had been ripped off. There was clothing everywhere. The one thing that really got to the officer, and he was the one that shot because he was the first one there. Yeah. Basically, what was left of her arm reached up and grabbed, tried to touch his pant leg. She was still conscious during this. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. She was obviously like rushed to the hospital when they assessed her wounds. He had torn off her eyelids. Her nose completely removed her, uh, torn off her upper jaw, her lips, and most of her scalp. He'd broken nearly every bone in her face. He fully removed one of her hands and removed most of the other hand. I think she still has a thumb. Somehow she survived. It was their quick action and just who she is as a person. She, she's I... just, she's one of those grit people that just, she's right. a survivor. I cannot imagine being conscious i watched an interview and i'll talk about this with her that she doesn't remember it oh thank god that's a blessing the doctors were able to reattach her jaw her tongue which had been nearly ripped off they were able to put it back like i said she was she had one thumb while she was at the hospital you know they're trying to like there's multiple surgeries trying to put her somewhat back together with nothing Mm -hmm. they had to take a graft from her leg to make like a nose Skin, cover. Right. So, you know, if any of you have seen what she looked like initially after this happened, I mean, it's really horrific. I remember. Yeah, I didn't. I'm, we're not going to post pictures of that. I just don't like it yeah. because it's 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 a lot. But we will have pictures of her, mm. especially current pictures. So at the same time, like, you know, after this happened, they took Travis. And this is something that really tore Sandy up is that they removed his head. At the state laboratory because that's rabies. how they test for rabies. Right. And I did work at an um, animal hospital in college mm-hmm. and I had to assist with removal of heads after a dog had bitten somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really creepy. So they removed his head. He tested negative, but he did have Xanax in his system. And the necropsy results confirmed that he was overweight. He had been stabbed and shot and his remains were cremated on later that month. So the toxicology reports, yeah, they confirmed what she had said, that she had given him Xanax and his tea that day. And they, they say that they may, that may have worsened his aggressive behavior because mm-hmm. um, Xanax, although it's an anti-anxiety drug, it can flip. It can cause disorientation and it can trigger some hallucinations, aggression, rage, and mania in humans. Right. So imagine what it's doing to him. Yeah. When he's already in a state He's of, already agitated for this. He's day, already yeah. agitated with life. He's already coming unraveled. And we'll never know like the full story because Sandy was just so in her own world mm-hmm. and so out of touch with reality, I think. There were a lot of reports that went kind of way out there with her relationship with Travis. And mm. I don't know about any of that. But sure. I, I know that she did say that he slept in her bed every night. They ate together. I mean, it was like a partner. I, I guess I was really shocked too in the phone call where she just flipped on him. Like he went for I get that this is obviously extremely traumatic. I'm sure she's seeing her friend's face getting ripped off by essentially her son. Right. In her mind, right? And instead of being like, you have to tranquilize him. Yeah, bring a tranquilizer. She's she- like, kill him. 
make sure well, he's dead. I, I, maybe it's just the trauma. Maybe it's whatever. But it kind of it makes me think of um, yeah, just how deep down mm-hmm. she still only thought of him as an animal, even though she was pretending that he was this person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you wouldn't say that about uh, your son, your human son, to yeah. shoot him. Just right? kill him. Just kill him. You wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. So she knew what a threat he was, yes. that there was no way of stopping it. She absolutely knew. And she mm-hmm. created, I mean, not to, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be mean to this lady, but also like, it's so irresponsible. Yeah. It, no, it's totally irresponsible. I'm just going to say right here that you have been a friend of mine for a long time and mm-hmm. I love you dearly. But yes. if you ever had a giant male chimpanzee <laughs> and told me to come help you, I would tell you to fuck straight off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, that is part of our friendship. That will that will never happen. Same, same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Jen, I bought this chimpanzee. I mean, no, that would... I would be like... I feel like that's a deal breaker. It's kind of... It's a big deal breaker. Yeah. Especially you're like, well, you just sleep in my bed every night. It's totally fine. I mean, some people may have just been like, hey, this lady's eccentric. She has mm. her chimpanzee living there. And she she didn't, I mean, she didn't have many people in her day-to-day life. I think only Charlie was it. So I feel like probably people just didn't know. They just thought he was in an enclosure and hanging out. He was not. He was being treated like their 30-year-old son living at home still and being spoiled to death. Right. This is a quote from after Travis's death that she said, I'm like hollow now he slept with me every night until you've eaten with a chimp and bathed with a chimp you don't know a chimp just let that sit there for a minute just just soak it in megan i'm trying so never bathed with a chimp then you will never know i don't even bathe with my cats all right (laughs) like (laughs) try it sometime listen you're just all scratched (laughs) bloody scratches (laughs) i mean did jane goodall bathe with the chimps no i don't think so freaking normal and she's awesome what the fuck yeah sandy was very out of touch with reality listen sandy she's still alive she passed away she's passed away i was gonna say she really should i know some therapists all right yeah i got the connects need a lot of that jesus so a month after the attack the nash family who are charlie's relatives she Mm -hmm. has a twin brother and another brother that they all rallied you know, to help her. Oh they filed a $50 million lawsuit against Sandy saying she was negligent and reckless for lacking the ability to control. And I'm this is in quotes, a wild animal with violent propensities. So Sandy's attorney was like, well, because of this, all of Sandy's hopes and prayers are with, you know, Charla and her daughter during this challenging time. But they're claiming that Charlie's injuries were work related and should be treated as a standard workers' comp claim. All right. So Sandy can go fuck off. Yeah. Because that's not okay. It's not okay. I'm so angry. Your chimpanzee that you raised to be very dysfunctional just ripped off her entire face and hands. The other side to this, which I read this other article, um, was the officer who shot Travis was this guy, Frank. I'm not sure I'm going to say this right, but I think it's Chai- Chaifari. C-H-I-A-F-A-R-I. Sorry if I said it wrong. And he had known he'd been there for a police officer in the area for a long time. And he knew Travis. You know, everybody did. Yeah. He was the one who was being attacked by Travis with all the blood and the craziness. Sorry, I thought you were about to say he was being attacked by people in the town. No, no. So, (laughs) you know, after he shot Travis, Mm -hmm. I mean, he said, I'd always heard about PTSD, but I didn't 
know it, know that it was a real thing. Right. But he said it, it was so quick. And also he was the officer that walked to Charlie and she had touched, touched him. him. I, I just can't imagine seeing a person in that state. That alone would be enough right. to traumatize you. So he actually got real bad PTSD right away. It was really hard for him to deal with. And you know what? He couldn't get therapy because it was an animal-related shooting, not a human-related shooting. So, like, work wouldn't do the yes. manage. So That's fucked up. Initially, they wouldn't help him because, you know, he was really suffering from depression and anxiety. So it took mm-hmm. a while for him to get some help. Finally, he did. But that led to legislation that was proposed in 2010 to cover compensation for mental and emotional, you know, impairment when you have to use deadly force to kill an animal. I mean, because it didn't exist. Right. There was no coverage for that. That's good because there should be coverage for that. There should be, of course. All the things, animal uh, control officers or like cops, firemen, whatever, Mm -hmm. they see some of the craziest things happen to animals. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's super painful and hurtful to experience and watch and, Mm -hmm. May 24, 2010, this is about a year, a little over a year after the attack, Sandy died very suddenly from a ruptured aortic aneurysm She was oh. when she was 72. So her attorney released this statement. It said, Miss Harold has suffered a series of heartbreaking losses over the last several years, beginning with the death of her daughter, who was killed in a car accident, then her husband, then her beloved chimp, Travis, as well as the tragic maiming of her friend and employee, Charla Nash. In the end, her heart, which had been broken so many times before, could take no more. You do feel sorry for Sandy. You do. I mean, she's just a human person. Yes. It's like, okay, get it. I know she suffered a lot of loss, but she did make that decision to go take an infant chimpanzee from the mother. Did you not read about him? That that's just not, you know, you can't fill that that position as a chimpanzee (laughs) mother. You can't, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you read anything, it'll tell you once they hit adolescence, it gets dangerous. You screwed up from day one. Granted, you got a lot of you've had a lot of tragedies. A lot of people do, man. But dude. the tragedy of your friend being maimed could have been avoided. It was 100 percent created in November 2012. So a couple years later, they finally reached a settlement with the Herald State and received four million. Still not enough for a lifetime of care. Yeah, no. I know I said that her eyelids were removed, but she was, she lost her eyesight. It's a life of all these surgeries, not having hands, not having eyesight, losing your identity, losing your face. Right. It's not enough. I feel like 50 million is not enough. No. Yeah, let's talk about Charlie, which always is Charla, but I read an article that said she likes to be called Charlie, so I'm doing that here. So she's the other victim. Mm Mm-hmm. First Travis and now Charlie. So I watched a lot of interviews with her and she's she's a really she's a really cool lady. So what the one I remember when I heard about the story was in November of 2009, the Oprah Winfrey interview. Oh, right. So this isn't long because that happened in February and this is in, you know, November. So it's only what, nine months after the Mm -hmm. incident. I remember watching it and just being like mortified. I was like, I can't. (laughs) chimpanzees are scary you know right yes it's always stuck with me and that is why when we talked about it i was like you know this one story i just have never been able to deal with it or get over it it's right yeah the chimp Chimp mauling the lady and that's when i was like we gotta talk about it on the podcast 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start a podcast so I can talk about it. You know what's weird is I totally remember the story wrong. I, for some reason, was thinking he was inside the car and she was inside the car and the owner had left them in the car. I feel like I remember something like that, too. Right. But now you know the real story. Yeah. And just being, yeah, horrified. Right. Like, Probably because that 911 oh call, like, went out everywhere and yeah. she was in a car calling right if you watch this oprah interview it's so mm-hmm. heartbreaking she has like a hat with like a veil because she remember. didn't want people to see her because she didn't want to scare people right but she couldn't see what she looked like and she her hands were just like gone like she couldn't mm-hmm. barely feel she also told oprah that she did not know the extent of her injuries and that she didn't want to know mm-hmm. she just was like i think it's better i don't really know because i have too many other things to worry about right now like i need to Get healthy. I need to heal, and I need to take care of my daughter. Oh my god! I know. I, I know. Her. On this show is when she actually showed her face mm-hmm. for the first time. Because Oprah's like, "Well, you know, everybody wants to see, but it's all on your terms. If you want to, right. then do it. But just so you know, people are going to be, you know, saying mm-hmm. a lot of things." And she was just like, "Well, I'm still me. You know, like I have no control over this." But I'm still the same person. She also said she didn't feel pain. Oprah said, are you in pain? And she's like, no, I'm not in pain. Even you can't see. And also her lips were gone. So they had put skin there. So you could tell it was hard for her to talk. Because she doesn't have a nose anymore. So she can't breathe out her nose. So imagine always breathing out your mouth, not having lips. So it was a lot. So she told Oprah she had actually always been scared of Travis. She Mm -hmm. told Oprah about a story of one time when she, when he was a little bit smaller and she had gone to visit Sandy that he had jumped on her back and Mm -hmm. she said he pulled out a chunk of her hair and she's like, it hurt real bad. Yeah. And it scared me. And Sandy just laughed. No. She laughed and was like, oh, he's just being a chimp, you know, like that's all cool. But she said she never felt comfortable with him. She never wanted to help. I mean, she helped, but she was very cautious. Right. She also said that she warned Sandy. He can get real dangerous at some point, and you should probably, Take you know, consider, consider. Yeah. So yeah. she had also warned him, but Sandy was like, oh, no, no, and said, you know, she was, she was like lonely, and Travis was all she had. Get a dog. On the Oprah interview, she said, I'd like to put across to people's minds that these exotic animals are very dangerous and they shouldn't be around. There's a place for them, and that is not in residential areas. Agreed. Because of her injuries, she became a candidate immediately for a face tram- transplant. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure about a hand transplant. They didn't think she would be able to, but apparently she did. Because when they get a donor, they have, would have to do it all one time, the right. hands and the face. Yeah. And so they were able to do that in June of 2011. So oh, she wow. got a full face transplant and the hands but unfortunately she got real sick from the hands and got pneumonia and they had to remove them because the her body was fighting it i watched this interview it's from 2016 but it's with meredith Vieira. It's from the today show okay but i know her face and i've seen her do a lot of interviews and i really yeah. like her she's a really cool lady she's a really good reporter i watched that and i guess she had visited charlie back when you know not mm-hmm. long after the incident And then kind of went back seven years later after she had her face transplant and visited her. And by this time, um, she was living on her own Mm -hmm. in an apartment, but really close to the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Okay. But she had like daytime help Monday through Friday. But on the weekend, she was alone. Oh. 
And she just wanted to be as independent as possible. She's like, I don't want to have to depend on people all the time. Apparently, everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. She goes yeah. shopping at Target and they're all like, hey, you know, what's up, Charlie? And she's very funny. In the interview, she's so upbeat. She's like, I love in the morning to hear the birds sing and feel the sun on my face. And mm-hmm. she, her daughter graduated uh, with her master's around that time. And so she's been like really supportive of her daughter. They're still really close. She said, I've always been independent, so I just want to go back to what I had. As far as help, I just have what I need. And the one thing that she said is she she will ride horses again. Oh, I love it. I mean, she just did not turn herself into a victim ever once. She just remained like steadfast in who she was and mm-hmm. a strong person and still took care of her daughter. And, and I just think about all the things that people complain about in everyday life (laughs) and i'm like did you get your face ripped off by a chimpanzee and your hands you didn't so can you just like stop complaining right now right you're good it's all good yeah just just be happy (laughs) it could be way worse (laughs) a follow-up on that infamous um missouri primate foundation the chimp party that the casey's had so in 2016 PETA. The People for Ethical Treatment of Animals filed a lawsuit against them over allegations that the chimpanzees were in unsanitary conditions and not given proper food or medical care. Mm. And if you go to this animal law site and you can see all the citations they'd been given over the years from the USDA, mm-hmm. they would like follow up and check and it's really detailed about all the citations and all the things they were supposed to change. Yeah. Do. Part of this consent order, and this is as recent as in last year four of the seven chimpanzees remaining because i guess they had dozens at the property are going to be sent to the center for great apes in florida Mm. which is a pretty an accredited sanctuary so i think they took a lot and gave them to like initially there was a lot that went to different also because they kept escaping remember the 2001 yes and it happened again at some point but nothing bad happened but they had escaped since then as well right they had already placed most of them but there were still seven that were there that supposedly they were taken care of but it was like no get them somewhere else right now there are four states that currently have no regulations on private ownership of wildlife or you know exotic animals and that's alabama nevada north carolina and wisconsin i did see that you can still get a pet pet chimpanzee in some states And I know Texas was one of them. But there's still like 20 states that have what they call comprehensive bans, which is like you can't have anything pretty much. 13 states have partial bans where they need permits or, you know, I think it's mostly so that sanctuaries can still have them to some extent. Mm -hmm. And then 14 states have permit for private ownership Mm. of exotic animals. So under some sort of license, you know, you have to get a permit or a license to do it. And then those four states have nothing. Come on, Alabama, Nevada, North Carolina, Wisconsin. Get with it. They did do a 2011 show called Fatal Attractions with Animal Planet. It's part of the Chimps episode. I guess they had some Chimps episodes on Animal Planet from in 2010 and 11. A couple of other notable chimpanzee attacks. All right. Real quick. On February 27, 1999, um, some zoo staff members at the Hogle Zoo in Salt Lake City... Two chimpanzees escaped, um, and one of the employees got severely injured. This Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. So this guy, they got out, and he was being mauled. And one of the other zookeepers, this girl Kim, she threw herself on top of him 
to try to stop it. And they actually stopped because they usually don't attack females. Oh. So after that happened, she got a little, you know, scuffed up, but mm-hmm. not like him. So he lost like a finger, part of his nose, I think, and parts of some other fingers and had was just like beat up, like scratches and tears and bruises all over his body. Crazy. And then another one, this is a pretty well-known one if you kind of look up chimpanzee attacks and you're going <laughs> to see this one. And I had seen this a long time ago before too. But on March 3rd, 2005, this guy, St. James and LaDonna, is mm-hmm. the wife, Davis, they were, they had a chimpanzee when he was a baby. And apparently at this point, he was like 39 years old. And he was at this place called Animal Haven Ranch in Caliente, California. So it's like a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. They said they took him from Africa because his mother was killed by a poacher. Like they rescued him. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I could see mm-hmm. somebody being like finding, you know, back then, because this is like, what, well, this was in 2005 and Mo was already 40 years old. Right. So I could see back then if they were traveling and saw this baby, sad little baby chimp, and they're like, we have to save it. You know, right. but maybe just misguided, like maybe should have sure. gone to the Jane Goodall folks and not to <laughs> the states and live with them. But whatever, they did end up putting them in a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So it was Mo's birthday and they went there with cake and they were going to see him and like cut his cake and give it to him and be like, hey, you know. Right. What they didn't know is that they were standing outside. They were in the sanctuary, but they were outside like the enclosure and they mm-hmm. didn't know that two males and two females had escaped these two males, Ollie and Buddy, started to attack. And mm. what happened is they went after LaDonna first and started attacking her. And they just straight up bit off her finger. Shit. That's what they do. Like beef jerky. <laughs> so they bit off her finger. And then her husband like ran over, pushed her under this picnic table, mm-hmm. trying to save her. So they started attacking him. He was mauled. Eventually, this Kent County Sheriff's Department and some wardens and they from Fishing Game, they came out and they shot Buddy and Ollie. Because mm. what do you do? Right. You know, I mean, that's just instant. So those guys died. Um, the other two chimps, the females were recaptured. But in the in the process of his attack, he lost all the fingers from his left hand, an eye, part of his nose. I would say uh, most of his nose, if you see him. Mm. Um, his uh, cheek, lips part of his buttocks, as well as injuries to his genitalia mm. and a, one foot. That's, and one one foot. One foot. That's a bummer. Well, he had injuries to his foot. I don't know to what extent. Sure. Anyway, <sighs> there's that. In this sanctuary, I guess they're only allowed to have up to nine primates at a time. They have a permit for this. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I'm going to mention is on June 30th, 2012, there's this guy, Andrew Oberly. So he was actually studying the Jane Goodall Institute for Chimpanzees mm-hmm. in Johannesburg in South Africa. So he's a student. He was at the University of Texas at uh, San Antonio. Cool. Wa- wanting to be a primatologist. And he was there. He had taken a group out, like a tour group, to see some chimpanzees. And he got, basically, he left a group. And they say he crossed one of two fences that separated him from the animals. Mm. And when he got too close, this electrified fence, but when he got too close to the second fence, two chimpanzees reached under, grabbed his feet, and pulled him into their enclosure. They say he was attacked and dragged half a mile before armed guards and staff members could get to him. Oh, my God. They tore him apart. 
They had a collapsed lung. They bit off most of his fingers and ears, both ears. He lost chunks of his scalp, uh, more than half of his right foot and some of his left foot. His wrists were torn up, um, elbows, um, his back end and large portion of his legs, chunks were out. It's amazing he survived. Yeah. But again, did he go someplace where he was not supposed to go? It's like between two fences. He might have gotten too close to the fence, never thinking like they will grab you and pull you under. I mean, I guess it just, I think all these people, they know, but I mean, it's just a split, mm-hmm. you know, it's like one misstep. Right. And they took advantage of it. Sure. He still actually still loves chimpanzees. Oh, that's He good. gets it. Yeah. You know, he knows. And I think it's the same with even the other couple. Mm-hmm. They still love chimpanzees. They love someone there, right. or, you know, they don't blame the species you cannot <laughs> you cannot blame them but now he switched even though he still loves chimpanzees now he he went back to school to learn how to work with trauma patients oh, okay well so it kind of changed his trajectory mm-hmm. in life and everything and i think he has family and kids now and he's like a true survivor as well mm-hmm. megan are you doing okay over there i'm just so angry it's so selfish yes it's so selfish and it's so um unnecessary Mm -hmm. and i did read somewhere that there are still like 1500 chimpanzees living with private owners and i'm like how is this even possible i also read another article where the bbc had like done a their own like year-long sting operation and rescued a baby chimp Oh, what? So I guess because there's this whole underground thing, you know, with the poachers and stealing the babies and they were able to rescue it and catch a lot of people and a lot of people got in trouble. And I was like, way to go, BBC. BBC one. And then I read another article that talked about having pet chimpanzees, Mm -hmm. you know, as pets, as though they're like, yeah, you know, they're this and they're that and you have to feed them this and that. And then it was like, but by the time they read adolescence, it's really bad. You know, so it was like all this like. You like, can, but there's this. like how, how to care for them up until the age of eight? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> why are you even, like, who is this for? Because I right. kind of wanted to look up how it is easy it is or how people find information or how do they think this is okay somehow. You know, maybe maybe right now you're listening and you have a chimp in your home. <laughs> Let's just, you know, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and find a sanctuary for that animal because it's not okay to own an exotic pet. No. Especially when, and this is a little bit of a soapbox for me, especially when there are homeless, domesticated animals that you could own. Some people just feel like they need that extra level and it doesn't, it's not safe for you and it's not safe or healthy for the animal. Correct. Unless you are a trained primatologist (laughs) or in whatever species that you're trying to get. And you're working for a zoo or a sanctuary or mm-hmm. you're a researcher. Those are the only people that really need to have any kind of contact Correct. with these animals. And the only way we can stop the illegal trade and poaching is to stop trying to keep these animals yes. as pets. You yes. have to stop yeah. because you're killing the species. And honestly, it's a business of taking animals from the wild, mm-hmm. um, having them there. Endangered animals. Endangered animals. Are for critically endangered. Yeah, and then keeping them for these periods of time in their life when they're, quote, cute mm-hmm. and, and docile. Right. And then once they get too big, just killing them. Right. And what what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Who are you to do that to? An, I just... Mm, eh. Yeah, it's super frustrating. But, you know, there's all kinds. 
maybe in the time of this story from, you know, the 60s or 70s mm-hmm. till now, it's gotten better. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. Yeah. It's just gone more. It's just gone more underground. I'm going to bring it all back to Jane Goodall. And also Women's Week. Women in STEM, women in science, women in conservation. Yes. Like Jane Goodall is an icon. She has encouraged mm-hmm. not only myself, although I wasn't a primatologist. So, but well, it's the general idea. It's of, a general idea, yeah. right? Of making a difference and, mm-hmm. you know, dedicating yourself to something worthy, um, which I feel like a lot of people do in all kinds of ways in their work. Absolutely. But if you are prone to want to be a biologist or work in conservation, like she is definitely the kind of Up there. person you would want to. <laughs> you know, emulate a little bit about Jane Goodall, just because, because Mm -hmm. this is pulled from one of their sites. So I'm just going to read it. It says Dr. Jane Goodall went into the forest to study the remarkable lives of chimpanzees, and she came out of the forest to save them. When she discovered that the survival of their species was threatened by habitat destruction and illegal trafficking, she developed a breakthrough approach to species conservation that improves the lives of people animals and the environment by honoring their connectedness to each other Mm. in 1977 she founded the jane goodall institute to ensure that her vision and life's work continue to mobilize the collective power of individual action to save the natural world we all share your and it says your support helps us advance jane's vision and work you know you're you're really doing a good thing if you help out with the Jane Goodall Institute because they also it's not just chimpanzees they also work in a lot of different areas of conservation research and education. So we are going to post their website and mm-hmm. if you want go ahead there and support donate and become part of that movement because chimpanzees they really need help from the Sandys of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good Sandys. There are I, I know a good Sandy. There's a lot of them, and that Sandy just was really selfish and sad. And just needed a good therapy session, more than one. So let's all remember Travis in a good way. Let's not Mm -hmm. think about that he was some crazy, aggressive, horrible. He wasn't. I don't know that I'd want to be Sandy's adopted baby, but you know. Well, if you got like a kick-ass enclosure. If by the time I was eight years old, they're giving me wine at dinner, I'd be like, (laughs) let's do it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Sunday. (laughs) I'd be like some... Some filet mignon and some lobster and some wine. So make sure you check out the links. We'll put the links for where I got this information from. And we're also going to put some pictures of Charlie. There's some before pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and you more know, current So pictures. you can just see what she looks like before yeah. this thing happened. And then um, there's a current picture of her from the interview with uh, Meredith at the Today Show that mm-hmm. she has. You can see her face transplant. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, she's just, she's really beautiful. I mean, she just kind yeah. of like has this glow from the inside out and she's, she's amazing. So, and of course there'll be some pictures of um, Travis and Sandy. We'll, we'll post those and yeah. So Megan. <laughs> oh God. Well, the time has come. The time has come. Mm. What would you pack in your emergency preparedness kit to, um, in case you were going to be mauled by a angry pent up uh chimpanzee yeah 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 okay well number one let me just uh say that those elmo dolls should have been discontinued a long ass time ago so (laughs) yeah they're a little frightening they're so creepy yeah the thing i think that i would have for this particular episode Mm -hmm. 
is a soapbox, Jen. A soapbox on which I would stand to tell Sandy to fuck right off. And all of those organizations taking chimpanzees from their, uh, you know, native habitat, their families, Mm -hmm. ripping them away. That is what I would bring for this. I, I can't think of anything funny. I'm just really enraged at it's a sad, it's yeah. a really sad story. It's a really sad story. It's so sad for Travis. Yeah. And it didn't have to happen right. to Charlie. And, yeah. and it only happened because of, like you were saying, selfishness. So I'm going to say a freaking soapbox right. is what you need in your emergency preparedness kit. And that to is like to stand up to people. and freaking preach to people about <laughs> the shitty things that they're doing to um, wildlife. Well, I guess, you know, you could have your soapbox and Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe um, you could sway some people in the other direction. Maybe. Maybe. Just carry it around with you everywhere you go. I can't tell you the number of times I wanted to own a crocodile, all right? And I didn't do it. You could be like Betty White and Blake Placid. Yes. But I didn't do it. Because at the end, she had all those baby crocodiles. She did. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, I own, you know cats and dogs because they are mm-hmm. domesticated and they didn't ask to be domesticated so I yeah take care of them yeah yeah i will say this i did own a red-eared slider in hawaii mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say own i'm gonna say someone found that turtle that yeah. someone had let Asked go take care of it yeah. and they were like hey we don't know what to do with this turtle and i was like well i can take it because yeah. i kind of know what to do with reptiles but i'll take it right and and it was like again Pet ownership. Come on, man. Like, don't release your animals. <sighs> anyway, that's I'm another I'm going to release box. Pika. <laughs> this tiny little floof of a poodle. Land shark. And she, she's going to wreak havoc <laughs> she's gonna, on, on the world. <laughs> she's going to be running everywhere. Oh, my God. Right, Pika? So thanks, Megan, for listening. Sorry I got you so enraged. <laughs> and But it's good. It's good to feel a little rage over these things. Yes. Go to your own animal shelter and... Get a cat. Fucking put that shit on Instagram. I'll follow it. Yeah, we'll follow you. <laughs> and with that, but, yeah, do follow us on Instagram. Absolutely. You're going to die out there. And uh, write us an email at you're going to die out there at gmail.com and check out our website. You're going to die out there.com. Go and anywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. Be sure and subscribe, rate, rate and review. review. Until then, remember, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.